0: vet sos show brought to you by the who you know network remember don't drown and see a transition grab the uh, vet sos lifeline coughing on air here this is great great start um need to get ready for some more serious knowledge being dropped today we got a great guest and delana morse coming on to really share some great interesting information with us i'm really excited about this as always i got my partner mark here mark how you doing today
1: Hey, good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Appreciate you being here. And yeah, get ready for those knowledge bombs. We're going to drop those because Delane has got some serious information to share with us.
0: That is awesome. (laughs) As always, we want to thank those people who have been uh, pairing their channels with us. Please continue to pair your channels. Put the, the information out live on your social media. And if you have any questions about how to do that, please hit us up with hashtag pairing. And we will tell you how to do it. It's very simple. And you get that original content out on your networks. So, without further ado, Delana was a military spouse for over 15 years. She's been helping veterans transition in the civilian sector for about six. And became a passion when she saw how hard it was for those who got out during the drawdown. Uh, Delana was able to move some. <clears throat> was able to help some veterans find jobs as a hiring manager, but it was not until she moved into recruiting that she was able to make a huge impact. Delana has helped over a thousand veterans with resume interview prep, and salary negotiation, including helping over 100 people find meaningful employment. Belena, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. How are you guys doing?
0: Great. Great. Welcome. Great. Great. It's always great that we film on a Saturday, and it airs on a Tuesday, so people probably look at what I'm wearing and all confused, but it's the third Saturday (laughs) in October for recording, and that's a national holiday in my book, so um, got (laughs) to celebrate um see how we do today. Yeah. Um, so how did you you're you a military spouse so you got to see a lot of these things you probably experienced a lot of the problems uh, you know our military spouse community I know my wife has struggled finding employment especially overseas so you've probably seen things like that go on you probably maybe experienced it as well so how did that fuel your passion to get into this?
2: Um Honestly, it's, um, there's a lot of relative um, experiences that military spouses have with transitioning veterans. Um, for one, we have been filling out job applications and getting turned down for years. <laughs> um, but uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things that, we come, that come into play that um, are transferable as far as experiences go with being a military spouse and a transitioning veteran. You have all these skills. You have all this value, and you've got to figure out what to do with it.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely.
1: Oh. So, one of the things that I think is probably, um, you know, very important is the the interview prep, because a, a, like a lot of people, I think, you know, they can get to the interview, but here's what we see outside of the veteran and, and, and military community, um, just in the civilian sector is closing the deal. Right. I, I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges that people have just in general yeah. in interviewing and, and job searching, job seeking, um, it's closing that deal. Can you talk a little bit about how you kind of help prepare people for that negotiation for that, that ask all of those things?
2: So when it comes to interview prep and salary negotiations, I kind of separate those just a little bit um, when it, there's different stages. So in the pre-screen, is typically where they ask you, what are your salary expectations? Um, with that, I help uh, with guiding them to looking up for one, the state, the location is going to be key. I mean, the pay in Chattanooga and the pay in San Diego are not the same for the same position. Mm-hmm. Um, But looking up getting do that market analysis, Um, it only takes just like five minutes to look these things up. Um, But you can look it up real quick with Glassdoor, with LinkedIn, they have a salary page. Um, You can even ask, I mean, you can, I asked, I have a friend who's a recruiter, you know, on at a company that I want to work for and I said, Hey, what's the salary range? (laughs) Um, So when I apply, I know what to say. Um, ask those questions, those informational interviews that you have with your fellow comrades who are out in the civilian sector, those are great questions to ask them. So then that way you can have that information going into that pre-screen. Um, when it comes to I'm gonna I'm gonna get to interview part in just a second, um, for actual interviews. Uh when it comes to salary negotiations, that's the That's the big tripping point. You either have the veteran on one side that's like, they're giving me money. I'll take whatever you give me, you know, and they don't realize that they're, (laughs) they should probably negotiate. Um, And then you have the other ones who are just, who know that that's not the right amount. Like they know they should ask for more, but they don't know how to do that. Like they don't know the verbiage. Um, that goes into that and the way that you say that. And there's a lot of times where I've seen, because I have them send me me what they're going to send before sending it so I could look at it Um, because it's a quick fix to kind of change some words around and plug it back at them and that way they can copy and paste. Um, But I see a lot of it where we're using our families, we're using um, situational like things like you know i'm getting out or um i've seen begging almost hey i i really you know please you know pay me this none of that that's not what we do in salary negotiations um this is you've been selected so let me just point that out if you've made it to that round most likely they've already told everyone else no so they're not going to want to go back just because you propose another amount and say, you know what, we're not going to give you the job. We're going to call j who we told no to, and see if he still wants to work for us after we denied him. Like it, It's not going to work that way. Put out that negotiation. Say, hey, here are the things that I bring to the table. This is the quality I and value I bring to your company. Based on that, this is what i need to be able to be compensated fairly and that throws it that's fair there's nothing it's there's no argument you know it's not an argument it's not negative it's not anything it's facts and when you're getting down to money it should just be facts feelings should be left off off to the side
0: uh,
2: so, I might cut you off
0: before start. you get into the interview prep but that that I've sat through three or four salary negotiation type classes here in the last three weeks through the different programs I'm in and 100 percent spot on everything you just said. Um, And and I love it, leave the feeling out of it, you know, because it it is a business negotiation at that point. Um, And I think the, the other thing that as veterans that we don't think about is all the other things that can be negotiated as well you know, the salary may be fine. You may know it's a good salary, but there's so many other things you can talk about. And the one class I was in yesterday, they actually talked about how the negotiation piece actually helps you build a stronger relationship with your hiring manager. And, you know, so it was a fascinating way to look at it. Very excited to to get into that part of it, hopefully coming soon.
1: Well, one thing that you said kind of stuck in my mind too and resonated with me um, because we've said this in maybe a little bit different way, but um, like the negotiation, you getting to that negotiation means that they have picked you, right? And, And that's super important. It's just like, as we transition maybe into the interview prep, when you get to the interview, It's they've already said, yeah, you this guy can do the job, or this gal can do the job, right? That's why they're interviewing you, that's why they're bringing you in because they know your resume has told them that you can do the job. It's the interview is more, do we like this person, right? Or, or maybe just an independent verification of some of their skills, but you know, that that's really what it's about. That's really what the interview is about. So, hopefully, that's a good segue into the interview, bro.
2: When it comes to interview prep, so as far as the validation of your skills, as far as your resume goes, that's the pre-screen or the TA interview. That's when you're interviewing with the recruiter. Um, That's the whole purpose of that is literally just to make sure that, A, you still want to work there. Um, There's not, you know, you haven't accepted an offer somewhere um, and you're not interested anymore, but um, that you still want to work there. You're good with the benefits that they offer, um, the vacation, things like that. And then you get your salary expectations and make sure that the proof is in the pudding. So you've got the skills that your resume really says. And they'll ask you specific questions. Um, I ask questions that are even geared off of um, my hiring managers. I always ask my hiring managers, is there a few questions that you would like me to ask at the end um, that are you feel are most relative to try to weed out the people who you feel that – you don't want to get through, um, based upon qualifications. And I always add those in there. So if you've made it past the pre-screen, you're now in an interview at that point, it's no longer the validation of skills. It's you competing against other candidates.
1: Yeah. And that's where the role changes. Yep. Absolutely.
2: So it's how well you can not only fit into the culture of the company, um, and base your responses, you know, look at the field, read the room. That's the biggest thing. I mean, you guys are great at reading the room. How many times have you walked into a conference room and you're just like, mm, you know what? I'm just going to have this sort of tone. Your tones have changed based upon the rank that's sitting there. The people who are interviewing you have a civilian version of rank. It's either a director or it's a manager of some type you know how to adjust your tone to that. So just I always think I always tell people think of it as if your your gunny's dressing you down before you go talk to the E9, right? There's always that quick dress down. So you don't say something stupid. You don't exactly your uniform looks good. You're you know, you're, you know, everything that's going to happen. You've already been debriefed because gunny knows um, he doesn't want you to walk in there because he's going to get yelled at too. So um, it's, this is, it's that same sort of atmosphere, but you just don't have that E7 to say, hey, don't say this, do this, look like this. You have to do that all on your own. And when you walk into that interview, you're basically co- competing against other candidates. And I wanna make sure that I really kind of harp on that just a little bit, because a lot of people get that confused. They think that they're still trying to validate themselves when they go into an actual interview. And at that point, it's not how much you have met the job description, it's how you're going to fit best within their culture in comparison to the other candidates and how well you're able to pick up on those, um, the differences and the changes of management, because our change management, because you're still going from one job to the other. I mean, I've worked on systems called AS400. I've worked on it. One company, and I've worked with in another company, and it's two completely different setups because it's a system where you buy packages. So they're going to ask questions about that just to make sure that you have an understanding of what is actually. So to see, kind of gauge to see how much training they're going to have to give you um, because that's time for the manager. They don't have specific training people. It's usually you're kind of thrown in and, you know, Bob off to the side who does a similar job is going to be tasked with showing you how to do so. So they're just trying to figure out how well, how much you're leaning on poor Bob. But um, there's that. But it's it's the, you know, it's the comparison to other candidates. So when you go in there, you know, be confident. That's the big thing. Be confident. Like, you've got this. You've made it to the interview. They want to talk to you. So, um, have that confidence in yourself, have that confidence in your skills and the value that you bring, you know, that you're awesome, especially, you know, if you've made it this far, you've gotten, I even have my sergeants, were you meritoriously promoted? Yes. You're probably great then. So think about little things like that. You know, those are confidence boosters. So that way, when you walk in there, you feel more comfortable in yourself, more comfortable in your own skin. And you're less likely to be overly nervous. Like a little bit of nervous is okay, but like that overly nervous, that's where you want to kind of gauge that back.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: I know it I threw a amazing. bunch of that mouth.
0: <laughs> it, it's amazing though when you think about it, when you, when you take a community, you know, military community, a group of people that we train to be confident to do their job, how nervous they get. with the the idea of interviewing because it's so foreign to us most of us have never had to do a resume never had to interview before you know you get promoted on your potential you know you stay in long enough you know hopefully your your skill and your potential and your leadership increases you continue to move forward but never once do we worry about actually you know you may interview for a specific job within the military but you know the resume piece the interviewing piece most of that does, just doesn't exist so it is fascinating because even myself you know I, I consider myself i'm fairly confident in my abilities you know the, the first interview i went to i was like oh i I've been, i haven't done this in 20 years i don't even know what i'm doing <laughs> you know so get you thinking and you're like, wait a minute wait a minute, hold on a second so i had to regather regroup but i love what you said you know you you're probably very good you know, you, you're probably, you know, possibly great. And you know that you just got to transfer that over to the confidence level of what you're doing. So uh, that, that's powerful. And I think that's the experience of uh, an experienced recruiter talking, you know, on how to do it the right way. <laughs> well, let's,
1: let's hear a little bit about that too, right? Um, because you are an experienced recruiter and you do work for a company with supply chain and, and have some great experience there. You can talk about a ton. Um. do you want to talk a little bit about that and what you're you're doing there
2: yeah so i wanted to my passion was was to go into recruiting i i love honestly um i love having conversations with veterans and, and helping them see like my favorite moment is that aha moment that they have when you are going through a job description with them and you're helping them learn how to translate their skills and then all of a sudden The job description that they thought they weren't qualified for, they now see, because I already knew, but they now see what you see. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I should apply for this. I'm like, yeah, you should. (laughs) So um, absolutely. So those moments are amazing. Like, you could feel great the rest of your week for that. But um, I wanted to be able to do that more often and have a bigger impact. So when I went and transitioned into recruiting – I wanted to stay planted in some sort of way to where I could still have recs that affect veterans. So, um, currently I'm managing both. So I do tech roles. <laughs> um, so I'm a tech recruiter, but, um, I'm doing manufacturing roles because I was like, I wanted those roles. So then that way I still have an in-percent um, and still have the recs coming across that plate. Um, one thing I'm immensely passionate about is the E5 and below pop. Um, they're, you know, they're the ones that really uh, are completely different than any other veteran that is getting out because any other veteran is retiring most of the time. So with these guys, a lot of the times they've got small children, um, kids and diapers, you know, they need food, they need health insurance. Um, there's a lot of things that they need out of a company that's um most, a lot of other people, you know, I, I go with retirees into the salary negotiations, and we're asking to see if they can give them, compensate them more money instead of taking their health insurance, you know, taking the benefits that they're offering, you know, with that E5 and below pop, that's what they need. So I wanted to be in a position to where I could still offer roles to them with a company that offers benefits like that. So that way they can it's not just earning a paycheck to support their family. It's also having those benefits to support their family. And there's mm-hmm. just a big difference. And so that's um, with recruiting now I'm with Johnson & Johnson or I'm technically with Wilson HCG with an RPO. And then I support Johnson & Johnson. Um, my roles right now, besides my digital ones, um, all my manufacturing roles uh, are currently in Lidditz, Pennsylvania and fort washington pennsylvania they are mech tech so maintenance technician um i've had quite a few an electrical side too for system uh technician everyone i can pretty much help just about any e5 and below get in because at some point they've worked on something so um if you've worked on you know, any sort of MRAPs, if you've worked on a plane, if you've worked on generators for GSC, any of that, I can get into those roles, and they pay very well and have very good benefits.
0: See, all that complaining about Motor Pool Monday, it's going to pay off in the end.
1: I, and- I just dropped another bomb because I think that that's super important, and I think that, look, our show, we've had a lot of people on in... And, and, you know, a lot of the focus I think is for, like you said, people that are retiring. They've done their 20, 30, right? Um, but and they're getting out. But they've got they've got these things in place. The you know they've got health insurance through Tricare. They've got um, or wh- whatever the benefits are that they're getting. You know they've got their their pension and that paycheck is coming in. So they've got buffer. They've got runway. But like you said, E5 and below, man, that runway is like this, right? To get landed. And that's a huge... And in reality,
2: they don't have always a year out either.
1: Right. They don't have
2: the prep time. They don't have, you know what? I think next year I'll drop papers. Like there's there's none of that. There's like, oh, my, you know, I didn't get selected. So I'm getting out and Mm -hmm. that's it. So, and a lot of them are hoping on a prayer that... They get selected for that E6, so they can move up even further, or get selected for the E5, so that way they're not higher tenure. Um, that's the reality. So there's not always that buffer time.
0: Yeah, that's a that that's a very true point. Um, grunts off the ground um, sounds like a fantastic um, concept. Um, tell us a little bit about it.
2: So um, when I went into logistics, into supply chain logistics uh, years ago, um, I noticed that I noticed there weren't a lot of veterans, um, and that kind of bothered me. Um, So I when I started helping the groundside Marines uh, because my husband was Marine Corps. Um, So uh, when I started. Helping them, I noticed that they were so stuck on only being a cop and a security guard. I'm like, no, you can do so much more than that. I'm like, did you manage gear? And they're like, yeah. I was like, did you do inventory? Yeah. I was like, did you get help with the setup for the custom swarms and things like that when it came to the shipment of your gear for deployment? And they're like, yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. So, Um, so I was just, I was showing them, they had no idea, um, they had no idea that these jobs were even out there, that they could qualify because the military for so long, it said that all those skills are soft skills. Um, and those are not the real skills in the, in the civilian sector. So it's, yes, it's, I'm so excited for you that you're able to shoot expert. However, all the other stuff that you do during the day Actually, has everything to do with jobs that are in the civilian sector. So I started focusing in on and creating the initiative or the talk around uh, groundside Marines and groundside soldiers or Army. So then that way they can start finding other places. They don't. They can find new homes. They can find careers. Um, the transportation industry, supply chain industry. These are careers. These aren't just jobs. Um, and this is—they have huge benefits, and it's work. Um, I know I, I work with um, Ken Killingsworth, and he's huge on getting that E5 and below pop over to Waco um, to be to learn railroad, and that's that's a big industry, um, especially with the shortage drivers. They're gonna—they have to transport their goods away. so rail has really spiked in the last couple of years. Um, so it's an industry to get into. It's, they already have everything. And I've there's been a lot, a lot of change within that. It's been a lot of culture change, which was my ultimate goal, is to have that culture change both in the civilian sector and the mindset of those groundside Marines and groundside soldiers.
0: That, that's absolutely amazing. And I think that that's a huge game changer. Um, can really help some people find some meaningful uh, careers and things like that post military, and, and I applaud you for your efforts on that. And hopefully, uh, they can you can continue to build upon that. Um, we're, we're coming down to the end. I, I got your uh, LinkedIn scrolling across the bottom, so people can follow you, uh, reach out to you, maybe you know find out more about the the grunts off the ground, or even you know some, maybe some tips on you know the resume or or the interview process. And uh, we got a lot of things out there to help people with that. Um, As we get ready to close, is there anything um, that you'd like to leave us with?
2: I accept all requests, connection requests, from veterans and military spouses. And yes, I mean, send a message, whatever, but I'm going to accept your request. Um, Everyone deserves to be looked at. Everyone deserves a chance um, in my book. I don't care if you got out as an E3 and you got... A DUI you got in trouble whatever I don't care about any of that did you get out and learn your lesson great let's find you a job
0: yeah outstanding 100%. I'm gonna make sure my wife reaches out and and that's I looked at your profile during the interview it's the pine forest connection that I remember
2: that's what it was
0: <laughs> yep. my wife went to pine forest I believe and graduated so um, there's a <laughs> connection there can make use of all of it um, all about who you know yep exactly exactly uh, D- Delana, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, great information to help our population. Absolutely love it. I um, want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Bet SOS podcast. Remember, don't drown the sea of transition. Grab the Bet SOS lifeline.
2: I didn't even take my first. Day.